welcome back to Power and Consequence, a podcast about grifters, liars, propagandists, demagogues, and anyone else profiting on fear and misinformation. I am your host, Matthew, uh, and I will introduce our guest for today in just a moment. But real quick, uh, just a reminder, if you enjoy the show and what we do, feel free to follow the show on Twitter at ConsequencePod. You can follow me on Twitter at StopTalkingMatt. Maybe throw us a five-star review, uh, something like that, and uh, maybe share a link with somebody who might enjoy the conversation. And with that, uh, let me introduce uh, my guest today, a friend of the show, a friend of mine, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Diaz-Romero. What's up, Joe? Hey, thanks for having me on, Matt. Thanks for being here. You're one of one of our one of our diehard fans, and and uh, I thought that you of all people would probably have like an interesting sort of insight into this. Um, Joe, I brought you in to help me understand this topic. This is going to be part one of three on a series covering Christian nationalism in U.S. politics, which is yeah always fun. So I guess my first question, Joe, uh, has Jesus announced his candidacy for 2024 yet? And does he have a super PAC? Uh, not yet, but you know, I think people are trying to say that Trump is that next Jesus. I mean, we already had the golden statue once before, you know, earlier. So I know, right. What is like, it's like, we're just, I, I love that at CPAC. It's like, you know what? Let's, let's just jump right into like pissing off God. Yeah. You know, we're going to have that golden idol. Let's, let's have no, like just respond or like any sort of contextual criticism for, you know, any sort of biblical references. It's like, oh yeah, totally. Let's have a golden statue that worked out well before. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, Joe, obviously, you know, our audience does not know this, but there is a specific reason why I wanted you on for this series. It's like, you do have some experience with, I mean, I don't know if I would call it like uh, zealotry or Christian nationalism or extremism or just very people who are very into religion, but you kind of have a unique perspective on this. Yeah. Yeah. Mistaken. I, cause growing up, I was actually part of these organizations and this was all kind of around uh, 2010, right around the formation of the tea party movement. And I, I was a part of this one organization called teen mania ministries. They were based out of Texas and uh, they were kind of crazy in their own right, though not a lot of people really knew what was really going on because they put on, you know, giant youth conferences all over the country. So, like, everyone saw, you know, the shiny, like, oh, look at what they're doing for Jesus, but they didn't actually see what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and you... you you actually told me about this and told me about the sort of the MSNBC segment, uh, Mind Over Mania. Yeah, and that was actually filmed during my time when I was on their campus in Texas. And so it's like I actually knew a bunch of the people that they interviewed in that segment. So it's, yeah, it, and that that segment only kind of sh or only shows part of really what kind of craziness went on like it, it definitely d delves into the uh, brainwashing the mind control aspect of things but um the one thing it really didn't tackle is just kind of the batshit craziness of everything <laughs> i i mean you know we can we're and we're gonna we're going to back into this slowly, everybody. Like th this is, this is part one and I want to ease us into this. So the goal today is we're going to focus on like specifically, we're not going to do, you know, Christian nationalism. Cause that's, that's not a one hour or even a two hour show that there's a lot of history. There. There's a lot so of shows already trying to deconstruct all of that stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, and, and the thesis is pretty much, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, I, and, and it's a fair question. So today we're going to focus on one candidate in particular. And uh, my partner, Anna, she actually is a uh, hat tip to her for digging all this up because she actually brought us a couple of articles uh, talking about one event and one guy in particular. So today we're going to talk more about the man himself, a congressional candidate. Next week, we're going to talk about the church, if you can call it that, that is sort of endorsing him for, for Congress. And then the third episode, I, I'm hoping that Joe and I can really dig into sort of the history of the movement, at least starting in like, say, mid-late 20th century. I mean, one could make the argument that Christian nationalism and in the U.S. white Christian nationalism, you know, could go back to the beginning. But I... I I we'll we'll see. I don't know if I'm going to put the audience through yeah, all that. Yeah, I think we can really just focus on like the major movement of like the last 50 years or so. Yeah. Yeah, we'll try we'll try to synthesize 50 years into like a 90-minute episode on that last one. Should work out fine. Totally. So, uh geez, let's just let's just get right into it. Um you know, so like I said, today we're going to be working on uh, one guy in particular, and we're look- really, we're going to be looking at Christian nationalism uh, through the lens of one guy in particular, congressional uh, candidate, and uh, an interview he gave a couple months ago, and an event he spoke at uh, just yesterday, actually. Um, you know, and the company you keep, you know, informs on the values that you hold. So, Joe, let me ask you, what do you know uh, about Teddy Daniels, Theodore Daniels? You know, not too much, but after a quick glance through his Twitter profile, he seems Mm -hmm. to be really honing in on the the Trumpian language uh, of short phrases that people can glom onto that are, you know, very... uh, adverb heavy you know they're trying like definitely trying to like attach you know labels to people uh just i'm like i'm just quite looking at all of the the things where he's calling out people rhinos uh the opening video he has is calling out uh mitch mcconnell so yeah or not not yeah uh utah guy i i'm drawing a blank right now Oh, uh, Mitt Romney. Romney. Yes. Yeah. The, 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 the rare Utah rhino. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wonder if Romney ever tried soaking. <laughs> Maybe, you know, that's a different podcast. Yes. I, I will tell you fun fact. A guy I know claims that he told Romney to fuck himself once at BYU. Oh. So that's, I won't name him or exactly when this happened, but he, he says that he was downstairs and like he was going to BYU at the same time Romney's kid was going there. And I, I, I guess the guy was there, uh, Senator Romney and uh, my friend was going to skip whatever ministry group thing that they do. I can't even remember what it's called, but, uh, Mitt supposedly comes up to my friend and is just like, Hey buddy, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm, you know, why don't you come over? It's a real community thing. Putting his hand on his shoulder. Like he's like a, I'm a fatherly figure to him. And my friend turns to him and is just like, you need to get your hands off me. <laughs> uh, and he cla- he swears he knew who he was talking to. And if you knew this guy, like I know him, it's like, that's possible. Maybe. But, I wish I could have done something like that. Unfortunately, to kind of let the let the listeners know where I've come from, I was a Romney voter in 2012, unfortunately. Ah, I've, I've changed okay. quite a bit since then. 
Well, no, the country has changed quite a bit since then. I mean, Anna and I have joked that Romney is like the unlikely hero of the GOP, you know, compared to where we are now. Yeah, yeah. And it's anyways. So we're going to that's going to become very clear as we talk more about Daniels. So little background on Teddy Daniels, Uh, prior law enforcement. He says he did 15 years of that. Uh, He did a few years in the U.S. Army, was wounded in combat in Afghanistan. Uh, Helmet cam video of his firefight where he got shot, uh, the firefight where he that earned him the Purple Heart uh, went viral for a little bit on social media. Uh, He ran in the GOP primary for Pennsylvania's 8th District, I believe, um, in 2020. And he lost in a plurality to Jim Bognett uh, by about 4.5% difference. Um, Daniels got 23.7% of the vote. Um, Bognett went on to lose to Democratic incumbent Matt Cartwright by about 3.5 points uh, statewide, which is a pretty good margin. And Daniels has announced his candidacy um, to run again in 2022. So, uh, you know, pretty standard. So we're, you know, we're looking at Daniels because he is one of the speakers featured at the Rod of Iron Ministries Freedom Festival this past weekend. And that is the article that Anna brought to us. Thanks, Anna. Uh, oh, you can you can all hear my dog being ridiculous as he rubs himself on the rug there. As dogs like to do, you know. <laughs> he doesn't like it when I talk about far right candidates. What a good dog. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, uh, Anna sent us a Vice article on the uh, this event, the Rod of Iron Ministries Freedom Festival, uh, in which Daniels was a speaker. And you know, the the main thrust of the article is why are these people associating, right? So, uh, Joe, you know, just let's take this one thing at a time. The Rod of Iron Ministries church whatever uh you know what do you know about them um not too much uh they are kind of some of the most extreme end of the christian nationalists to the fact that they worship with their ar-15s yeah they do but don't worry they're not loaded (laughs) of course of course until one of these days when they are yeah right it's they're never loaded until they finally go off yes yeah, no, that's that's them. Do you, do you know anything more specific about them than that, or is that the is that more or less what you? I got mean, that's so far? more or less. Uh, they just kind of. It seems like they just kind of fall into the T of just taking every single hard right perspective. Like, if there is a potential left or right debate, a part of anything, they'll just always default to the right. Yeah, and you know it's funny because with like you know the the militancy of Christian nationalism, it's usually implied. Or it's like kind of a tacit thing with the uh, you know the the rod of iron ministries. It is they it is flagrant. I mean, it is explicit. You know, we need guns. We need AR-15s to to rule over the earth. You know, and to protect ourselves. So, just a quick kind of um, summary: uh, the rod of iron ministries. It's an offshoot of the Unification Church, and those of you listening might know it by. Uh, as the uh, might know the followers as the Moonies. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Uh, the uh, Rod of Iron Ministries leader, Hyung Jin Moon, also goes as by Sean Moon, um, and known as the Second King, actually. Uh, he is the youngest of 16 children of the founder of the Unification Church. So uh, Daddy Moon got busy. 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. They recently bought a compound in Texas for Patriots to prepare for an imminent war brought by the deep state, according to a Vice article published on May 27th this year. And the Rod of Iron itself, uh, that's borrowed interpretation from Revelations uh, chapter 2, verse 27, um, speaking literally about a rod of iron and having to, like, you know, with with respect to, like, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But the AR-15 is the modern rod of iron. I don't know if you've ever heard reference to this in your travels, Joe. Yeah. The rod of iron in Revelations. Yeah, yeah, Except usually that's kind of more thought of, like, at least conceptually, not as, like, an actual rod of iron. More like a... It's not... I mean, the idea is that it's, like, a scepter, kind of like that a ruler would bear. But it's, like, it's all supposed to be, like, imagery. It's not supposed to be anything literal. So, so I'm not supposed to take it and beat the wokeness out of you? <laughs> right. Okay, got it, got it. I think that's where Sean kind of kind of uh, got that one wrong. Anyway, oh, fun fact about the Freedom Festival, by the way, it is being hosted at Car Arms at, in Greeley, Pennsylvania, um, where the company was founded. And you want to know who founded it? Oh, who is that? Sean Moon's older brother. Oh, of course, keeping it all in the family. Yeah, yeah so it's like kind of like Christian nationalist uh, vertical integration. You know, we worship the the AR-15, and oh, by the way, my brother sells guns. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's usually how these things are, is, you know, multi-level marketing. <laughs> I like it. All you need to do is get sell two guns, and then those gun owners will sell two guns, it's, you see? It's more like shitty multi-level marketing, because, you know, the people that you bring on, it's not like they get anything out of it. They just give your mon- their money. Well, I mean, they get... And that's... yeah. <laughs> Not practically speaking, but they get to receive the word of of God or something. And I, I guess <laughs> th- this is why this is why I need you, dude. Because this is, I mean, you know, for for whatever else, I mean, I I don't go to church. I mean, am I am I off base of saying at the very least, Joe, you're a spiritual person? Yeah. Well, uh, okay. I, to be fair, I would consider myself a Christian. To be, you know, I I do work at a church still currently. Um. So praise him. <laughs> It's just that uh, I I'm at a church that is not nearly as crazy. There's there's still some issues, but uh, they're at least open to talk about it, and I'm not the only sane person there. I mean, you know, and that's that's fair enough. I just want to say I should have said this right off top. I'm not anti-religion. I'm not I'm not like a die diehard atheist. And even if I were, I wouldn't come down on anyone who is spiritual or religious just because of that and i think that should be something we start as a a foundation place for these kind of organizations anything that is out that's any less than what they believe they would assume that you are backsliding that you are fallen that you are not a true believer that you know so they you know they would obviously have a lot of problems with me you know first of all the fact that i'm even drinking beer some of these people are just fucking nuts yeah i mean it's like it, it, it's you are an apostate if you do anything other than what they say yeah exactly you know exactly or if you if you fall short in any sort of way you know they then you get like you get the scarlet letter of like oh you you've you know you've messed up or whatever that's that's actually interesting that you mentioned the scarlet letter because we're going to break into some good old misogyny later. So you know we're I mean, you're, you're getting you're, ahead. You're, of me. you're not going to really get through the church without getting into misogyny right now. <laughs> I mean, you, what's a church without misogyny in America? Exactly. You know. I, so, 
Um, yeah, so to say that the uh, the Rod of Iron Ministries is a militant religious organization, I mean, I'd say is a fair assessment. You know, they buy compounds. You know, they, they talk about, like, the coming war with the deep state. They signal boost a lot of conspiracy theorists, okay? And there were, there were a lot of speakers this weekend, including Steve Bannon, who we've previously discussed on this show. I mean, Bannon... He is what he is. I mean, if we're keeping up, like, sort of the religious motif, he's the fucking devil, mm-hmm. you know? But, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe I'm overestimating him because he did get busted by the U.S. Postal Police, you know? The, the only police we shouldn't defund. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Save our postal service. Goddamn right. Mail some, buy some stamps. Exactly. So, uh, I want to focus on Daniels, as I said, because... He, Um, of how he seems to fit into the wider Christian nationalist propaganda sphere, all right? Now, specifically, uh, Daniels' glorification of violence and dangerous rhetoric, which I posit is is crossing the line between, like, you know, just normal uh, divisive political rhetoric to downright, like, he is not there, but he's just this side of incitement. At least is my opinion, and and I'll try to make my case as we go. Well, and that's that's kind of the, what these guys do is they try to walk that fine line, and I mean obviously we'll we'll probably get to it, but we saw that damn break on January sixth, you know. Oh Christ, like, he was there. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah, but like I I know there was so much going on that day, but for me, like the thing that I always was watching out for that was like really striking me was just the depth of the levels of Christian national, like, you know, the, the prayer in the, you know, in the chamber, you know, to the giant cross that they had erected that, you know, they were draping in Trump flags and bowing before. It's just like, do you not understand the like imagery that you're portraying? Yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, the fact that you're holding up Trump, I mean, basically is a de facto Messiah is how I saw it. I mean, that's blasphemy. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, unless your church, you are part of a denomination that declared Trump the Messiah, that has to be blasphemy. But anyway, that's okay. You know, watch out for false prophets unless, you know, they've got fine golden hair, I guess. I guess. So, yeah, so, you know, like I said, I, you know, I came across uh, Daniel's remarks from Freedom Freedom Fest, and we are going to cover that a little later, all right? But I want to make clear who we're dealing with. So I thought a good way to introduce Daniel's to all of you and to you, Joe, uh, is to look at his his political uh, ad, right? Uh, This thing dropped in July, right? And it's about what you'd expect, okay? It's a motif of bikers, guns there's a token person of color front and center at one point you know and you know the intro really sets the tone for the kind of image that daniels wants to project all right now i mean obviously y'all can't see this but you know picture teddy daniels as like this he's like you know he's like he's kind of like if the kool-aid guy was like a white dude with a goatee (laughs) and a shaved head he he is a big man yeah big man yeah okay he's a big dude and he's got that air of menace to him that is intentional you know so in the beginning of this commercial just picture you know menacing kool-aid man teddy daniels uh in a pastel colored button down with a sweater draped around his shoulders right in a trendy restaurant with copper mugs and everybody drinking trendy drinks and you know and it's in this restaurant it's like the largest collection of pocs seen in the entire app 
right? The rest of it is mostly white guys. Um, and on the table, for some reason in this restaurant, there's framed pictures of Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney, which isn't very subtle. But uh, anyway, here we go. That's better, Teddy. Look at you now. See, if you don't do it our way, we won't back you. We pick who wins and loses around here. You know what? I'm not doing this fake, phony, elitist BS. It's not me. I don't need you, and I'm not going to let you clowns muscle me. I'm not doing this for you. I'm Teddy Daniels, and I'm running for Congress in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I I mean, he, he feels... It sounds like he's going to do a wrestling promo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. You know, it's like, you know, so when he, when he stands up, right, and right before that last part where he says he's running for Congress, you know, he rips open his shirt and he does the uh, the Superman move, yeah. you know, and he reveals a black shirt that says America first. Like it's highlighted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, so th- that really sets the tone. Okay. So now, now I want to skip ahead. I love that music. I want to skip ahead a little. Uh, in this commercial and Daniel Daniels is well into his montage of shooting guns at targets and, and all that nonsense talking about, he was in Afghanistan. Great. Good for you. And, uh, just, just listen to this next part. Okay. Just, just check this out. Just consider what he's trying to get across here. I did my part and served our country in the U S army. I survived gunfights with Taliban terrorists in Afghanistan and they gave me a purple heart. If I was willing to risk my life for freedom when I was deployed overseas, you know I will take the fight to the enemies of this nation in the halls of Congress. So real quick, I'm paused. That part where he said, I'm going to take the fight to the enemy, There's, uh, I, I'll send you the screenshot later, but the with the words, the fight to the enemy in the halls of Congress, there's, two, there's pictures of two people on the screen. It's AOC and Ilhan Omar. So the only two other very two, not fucking subtle. The only two uh, you know progressives that they know. Well, and and are women. Yes, to be clear, it's it's always yeah. women. Like if, like Adam Kinzinger is a is a Republican and a, a a he's a career military pilot, right? And he's like he's got those classic trappings of like a masculine alpha male. And he speaks out against Trump and Trumpism all the time. Now, I don't think as a politician he's a very effective person because I disagree with the GOP generally. That said, no one ever brings him up. Not really, you know. They're like, uh, 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 Ilan Omar, the squad, you know, we'll talk about them. Because anybody brings up Adam Kinzinger, he can bring it to that arena of like that toxic masculinity thing. Absolutely. Where it's like, I can beat you at this game, you know. Moving on. We are at a pivotal moment in American history. If we don't act now, we could lose our freedom forever. They used to say socialism was at the door. Well, now it's in the building and coming down the hallway. Socialism is an uninvited house guest, Joe. Of course. It brought it brought light beer and ate all our pizza rolls. Socialism didn't chip in for the pay-per-view fees. Socialism is a dick. And because of that, we must bring out the motorcycle gang. It's uh, yeah, always a motorcycle for- gang. Have you noticed that? D- Dude, always fucking bikers for Trump and all that nonsense. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's always that it's always that pseudo masculinity, that bullshit. Dude, it, it's all LARPing. 
It's <laughs> no, like, seriously, seriously. That's all these guys are. Like you know, they they get they put on their their motorcycle cuts, and then it makes them feel all tough because they're all a part of you know a big group. And it, it just what happens when you get a bunch of idiots together is you always get bad ideas. Yeah, and and you know it 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 becomes like sort of a. Uh, a synthesis of a lot of bad ideas and sort of a conflagration of all these things. And see, here's the thing at no point. Now keep in mind, right? The, the, the theme of this series is supposed to be Christian nationalism. And the only reason we're talking about Daniels is he keeps getting endorsed by these like fringe, uh, religious groups, uh, you know, ostensibly Christian. Did you hear him say one thing about God? Absolutely not. N- not a goddamn thing. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, it's like, it's funny. Cause like, you know, so po- part of like the whole Christian, uh, the Christian thing is it's supposed to be, you know, you'll have no other God before me, but then the one thing that they love chanting more than anything is America first. Ah, Oh yeah. I actually never thought about that. So, so is it like, if we're going to be strictly adhering to the tenets of Christianity or any monotheism, frankly, like is it, is America first, that secular type of thing? Is that, is that by definition going to be like uh, blasphemous or? Well, yeah, because you know you're putting you're, you're putting your nation up on on a pedestal rather than focusing on the main tenets of you know looking after your neighbor. You know, think of the 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 tenets or the parable of the good Samaritan. You know, where it's just like this. You know, all the religious people they walked on the other side of the street, but then you know the Samaritan is the one who helped this other guy when you know the people who were supposed to help him didn't. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, we're kind of jumping the gun here, but that sort of makes me think of the fact that evangelicals really avoided politics. It was considered dirty up until, like, you know, like the 60s, the 70s, and it was it got coupled with, like, the marriage of the new right and, and how they found common ground with the Catholics on abortion, which was weird. Exactly. You know, it, I, it was a very tenuous uh, agreement between the two. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, we're we're jumping the gun. We're going to get into all that later. And it is, I promise all of you listening, it is going to be horrendous. So I hope you're drinking like I am. Uh, This this, uh, episode is not brought to you by uh, a delicious whiskey that I am currently drinking. Oh, delicious. So... Yeah, uh, I mean, what was said there, you know, with the pictures of Ilan Omar and AOC on the screen, that doesn't really qualify as a threat, but I believe there's an intentional malice towards these people being conveyed. I've talked before about stochastic terrorism, you know, it's like, no, you're not legally inciting anything. Absolutely. But I know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's a, you know, Daniels is a big white male tattooed, just very, you know, very scary looking dude. Um, and most of Daniels's rhetoric kind of has to do with second amendment stuff, you know, like neoliberal approaches to healthcare, etc. Um, but for some reason, you know, he's very close to fringe Christian weirdos, as we said, which is why we're talking about him. So, uh, true news posted an interview with Daniels on August 5th of this year. Joe, do you know anything about true news? I, I do not. This is a new one for me. Yeah, yeah, truly new one for you. True News is a far-right Christian, air quotes Christian, media outlet that is owned by Pastor Rick Wiles of Florida. Oh, you you know good things come out of Florida. 
you you know it. <laughs> Wiles uh, and his outlet ha, w- have been banned in recent years from platforms like YouTube and Facebook for spewing homophobic, transphobic talking points, COVID disinformation, conspiracy theories. Um, they were banned in uh, early Jul- uh, early 2020 for referring to the uh, the second impeachment of Trump as a Jew coup. <laughs> of course they would, <laughs> but it's like. <sighs> I mean, oh, there's just so many things problematic with that. I don't even know where to start. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, the Jew coup. There was a Jew cabal. It was all there's there's Jew. We've been Jewified. I will hand it to these crazy people that they come up with some of the best creative names. (laughs) I mean, if you're if you're gonna be a bigot. You know, you might as you might as well say something that rhymes. I don't know. Just exactly. Just slant slant rhymes won't do. No. So to you know to sum up, true news, right? Um, a, an organization that Daniels voluntarily decided to do an interview with. Um, here's a clip from a July 2018 segment, and that this features uh, Rick Wiles himself. Okay, so for context. Uh, Wiles is responding to a Rachel Maddow segment that aired the previous day discussing the possibility uh, that evidence of Trump being compromised by Russia can be inferred from like, you know, his cabinet choices and and his uh, his um, campaign advisor choices and things like that. I'm not a fan of Rachel Maddow, but there's not much more to it than the usual cable news, you know, conjecture. But this is Wiles's response. Yeah, we showed you. uh CIA agent, homosexual, Anderson Cooper on CNN. Well, over on the other communist news channel, MSNBC, they have another homosexual, Rachel Maddow. You see, America, you've been homosexualized. You've been Judaized. I'm going to tell you the way it is, okay? Your minds have been captured. You're no longer a Christian nation. Even the Christians don't think like Christians anymore. That's right. You've been Judaized, you've been homosexualized, you've been, you've been Babylonianized, your minds have been tainted. You don't even think like a Christian anymore. And so Rachel Maddow, she was spewing out last night calls for revolution. That's exactly right. Calls to remove the president of the United States. She was telling the left, take a deep breath. We're at that moment. It's coming. We're at that moment. We're almost there. We're going to remove him from the White House. Yeah, so he he really jumped in quick. Yeah. I I love how, okay, this is like the common thing that you always see here is they will say, oh, you know, you're... You've been Judaized or whatever the hell they're saying. But yeah, they what the fuck is that? I don't is, know. That? But if you notice, they also don't give an example of <laughs> what the hell that even means or how has she been Judaized or homosexualized, uh, you know? <laughs> or whatever that, yeah, like I said, like there's no definition there. It's just an assumption that you 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 know what judaized means i mean i don't consume a lot of rick wiles it's possible this has been a staple of his hate speech for decades for all i know yeah, I mean, you know it's it's all it's all dog whistles so 
Yeah. Well, I, I don't even know if it's dog whistles. I think he's flat out just saying it. Like, he jumped right in with the homophobia, yeah. the anti-Semitism, the anti-communism stuff, which is John Birch Society, like, pseudo-Christian bullshit. Yep, yep. You know, he's bringing, he's bringing back all the old favorites. And, you know... But that was the first half of his response. So it's like like any good showman, any good grifter, right? I mean, Wiles can calm himself down, right? He he can he can back off the rhetoric. He can be less literal. So may you know maybe this is all just hyperbole. Maybe he won't say the thing that I'm going to play for you that he absolutely totally said. Friends, I think we're about seventy two hours, possibly. 72 hours from a coup. Look, be prepared that you're going to turn on television and see helicopters hovering over the roof of the White House with men clad in black repelling down ropes, entering into the White House. Be prepared for a shootout in the White House as Secret Service agents shoot commandos coming in to arrest President Trump. That's how close we are to revolution. Be prepared for a mob, a leftist mob, to tear down the gates, the fence of the White House, and go into the White House and drag him out with his family and decapitate them on the lawn of the White House. I, I, I mean, he, he's describing like the fall of czarist Russia. Well, these guys, they you love know? projection. Projection is their favorite <laughs> thing because remember, that's exactly what they were going to do to Mike Pence on Jan 6. Oh, that's true. Huh? They, they were like, they you know, literally they had, had the gallows, gallows yeah. set up for Mike Pence. And, and of course, because they didn't get to him, they're like, "Oh yeah, no, it was just, it was just all a joke. It was just all." And it's like, you know, because yeah, now they're, they're now they're getting caught for that shit. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, could you imagine seriously what would have happened if they got a hold of like if they the actual person Nancy Pelosi or AOC? Oh. Like, given everything we know about people like this, I mean, it, I, I, I don't even want to think what would have happened. Exactly. You know? uh, so, yeah, uh, that's. So that's true news, basically, in a bigoted nutshell. Um, so this is the this is the this is the news outlet that Daniels has decided to you know grant an interview. You know, this is the platform that he decided. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and let these guys rep me, and I will rep them in return. So let's get to the interview, shall we? Um, the anchor, whose name I never bothered to learn, and I don't give a shit. Um, uh, talks about, you know, the campaign ad that we touched on earlier, right? He praises Daniels as someone who's real, who's going to take the fight to Washington and blah, 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 blah. So Daniels, right, is asked why he's running in 2022. And the anchor doesn't mention, without mentioning uh, that he didn't even make it past the primary in 2020. But this was Daniels' answer. You know, I, I got back from Afghanistan and, you know, I ran a few businesses and, and I sold those and I retired and I just want to pause here. You want to know what his business was? Oh, what was his business? One business I know of for certain because I watched his very well-produced commercials. He created a mercenary company uh, to guard um, cannabis industry. Of course he did. Yeah, to guard dispensaries. Yeah, and I guarantee you he would, you know, obviously throw people in jail for that shit as quickly as he could. 
and I, dude, I was trying to find something in his platform um, regarding the drug war, and for for he's not he's not an idiot. He's obviously not gonna do. He's not gonna be that obvious about it. You know, yeah. the, that much of a of a hypocrite. But I am curious how that squares with like you know hardcore Christian Puritan types. You know, I mean, I, it's all part of that control. You know. Cause that's, that's more of what they're looking for is more of that, like trying to control, you know, people, you know, women, you know, their bodies and everything, you know, it's just, how can I control other people? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I guess it's like, it's not what I'm controlling. It's the fact that I can exactly. control you, you know? So anyways, moving on. No, I, I wanted to spend time with my family, with my cigars, with my friends. I hunt. I love the outdoors. Just finally at that point in my life where i can enjoy life and the left just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing and i thought you know what i don't want my son looking at me in 20 years and saying dad how come nobody fought for me so you know it's not just my son it's it's everybody's families out there and everybody's children that um you know we need to stand up and ensure their future so, you know, you notice he never gets specific on, like, who the left is or how they're pushing. No, no. And, but here's one thing I definitely didn't like here, okay? That that thing that he just said about ensuring his future. Now, everything I know about Daniels so far and the company he keeps. To me, Daniels' response is a little too close to the 14 words for my comfort. Yeah, Joe, Joe are, it's oh, you're nodding. Are you familiar with the fourteen words? I'm slightly familiar with the fourteen words. I know it's got a lot to do with neo-Nazi groups, but I don't know what they are specifically. Well, uh, to put it quite simply, it's a saying that was most associated with a certain white supremacist by the name of David Lane. David Lane was a member of the Order. The Order was a gang that sort of emulated. Um, uh, events that took place in the Turner Diaries, which is like white supremacy, like um, wish fulfillment porn. Uh, they they murdered a DJ in uh, Denver. They pulled off a lot of bank robberies. Uh, they got popped by the FBI. Fun. I think in all the, around uh, great guys. Yeah, they got they 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 ended up getting busted up, but not before they ended. They probably distributed millions of dollars in stolen funds to uh, a bunch of white hate groups. Of course. So the fourteen words are thus: uh, "quote We must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children." So knowing again, context is everything. Knowing what I know about Daniel so far, the the image he has, the company he keeps, the things he says, and what he. Uh, purports himself to represent i don't like that i i I don't know if he did that on purpose if that was a little wink wink i can't prove it but i don't like it yeah no and i know like that kind of that kind of mindset is very common in these extreme right-wing churches groups because well it was there in ours too in fact while i was at you know the organization teen mania we did this one weekend retreat kind of thing where we pl- pretended that the government all of a sudden became hostile to Christianity, you know, completely ignoring the first amendment whatsoever. And so people would dress, would pretend to be government agents. Like they took over our campus and we had to go f- for, uh, we had to hide in the wilderness because our campus was a 400 acre compound 
uh, with like, or I should say is like, you know, there was like maybe like 75 acres of just like buildings, but then like 400 acres of forest that we would just run. People were chasing us with airsoft guns. It was pandemonium. Uh, one, at one point when I got caught, quote unquote, they th- quote threw me in jail and to br- brainwash me, they had me listening to Obama speeches. Get the fuck out of here. Are you serious? <laughs> Dead serious. What year was this? Uh, this was 2010, 2011. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, dude, that's, wait, wait, wait. So you, so, cause I'm really curious about this. So were you guys war gaming? Like, I, I'm trying to think of like a, like a, a far right conspiracy. I think of like the UN troops, well, well, you know, coming in or no, something. No, no. So, you know? so basically what it is, is they were pretending that the that the government had just nullified the first amendment and the freedom of religion altogether and basically made christianity illegal what yeah 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 so was it was it that it made christianity illegal or all religion was illegal just specifically christianity okay because that's what what goes on in these guys minds because like they think oh yeah the left is totally cool with islam but christianity no and it's like no we just don't want to deal with assholes and i got i gotta ask you joe in your so uh, how old were you then uh i was 22 in real time what's going through your mind when there's they're like this this is the scenario were you just at the t- at that point in time were you like yeah i'm all in i was like yeah okay i can kind of see that but then like as the as the scenario unfolded and it's like and i still have like my journals from that time and like i can even see myself questioning that kind of stuff at that time even though for the most part i was fully bought into the bullshit that they had so damn okay well i mean i mean and yeah i just I, I've never had that experience, but that definitely squares with other accounts that I've read, certainly. And the and it, it makes sense because that type of rhetoric keeps being rehashed and reused. Yeah. You know? Um and, you know, taking in taking that in mind and also taking in mind like what I've what I've seen and heard of Daniels and the company he keeps. Um, you know, I don't think it's unreasonable to get those white supremacy vibes yeah. kind of fused with this Christian nationalist vibe that I don't think he really buys into, but I know it, he thinks it'll get him votes. Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. Because it, it's a scare tactic. He knows if he can keep people scared, you know, especially cause the, 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 you know, white nationalist that he, that he's kind of, you know, broadcasting. It's definitely like, Oh yeah, they're going to make you become a, uh, you know, Muslim. They're going to, you know, there's going to be a lot of Brown people coming in. That's what it usually <laughs> is. Right. Yeah, and, and, you know, arguments have been made that the history of Christianity in the United States is is in, is in unfortunately linked to racism. When you think about, like, chattel house slavery and things like that, and, you know, you look at the formation of the Southern Baptist Conference that occurred within months of the Civil War kicking off Well, even in Manifest Destiny in itself. Yeah, or the Monroe Doctrine, you know? It's like this idea of white paternalism that is always linked to, like, God's will or something like that, you know? And yeah, it's, and the, you know, the, so the interview goes on, right, with True News, and they touch on a few more issue, issues. So let me ask you something, Joe. Where, where do you think uh, Daniel stands on, say, mask mandates? You know, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say he's not a fan of mask mandates. I, and I'll throw you another one here. He has, he has children. The youngest is, I, he says, the youngest is about to turn four. So 
Let's see what he has to say about that. There we go. Well, a lot of kids around the country right now are having to come back to school wearing masks. Some are facing vaccination requirements. Is that is anything you've had to, to face in, in your hometown? So, yes. Yes, it is. And uh, the people are sick and tired of it. This is gross government overreach. Right now, my, my four-year-old is to start uh, preschool in about a month. And we have a liberal governor here in Pennsylvania. And obviously, we know he's going to go along with the CDC guidelines and that the, that the teachers unions are behind a lot of this. I think a lot of them got used to sitting at home and working from home. So if it comes to the point to where the school district is going to require masks for children, uh, my wife is leaving her job and we are homeschooling our son. We're not putting up with it. We're not going to play the game. I, uh, I, I, I pray for that child who's going to be homeschooled by Teddy. And, and like, okay. First of all, like, I want to know, like, what is his thought for like how teachers have taught throughout COVID? Cause he's like, <laughs> yeah, these teachers are just getting used to being at home. And it's like, okay. So I have a lot of friends that are teachers and yeah, like, yeah. they have been significantly are uh, working significantly more throughout COVID at home just mm-hmm. to kind of keep everyone engaged and keep everything. And it's like, dude, you have no idea. <laughs> and and also it's like, are you, are you, are you implying that it was some type of gravy train? Like, like teachers on average weren't grossly underpaid before this even started in the first place. Yeah. I, I, I'm not quite sure what he's getting at. Also, what do mask mandates, which is what he's talking about, have to do with um, teachers, being used to working at home it has every nothing to do with that and everything to everything to do with working in a school exactly. safely you know I, I don't know and you know you heard him talk about the people i don't like that right off the bat okay those are classic strongman tactics mm-hmm. all right he's creating the narrative that one individual in this particular case him speaks for all of us whoever us is well and you know and they like to you know harken back to you know the nixon days of thinking of like it's the silent majority when it's like no you're just very much the vocal minority now (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and and you know also he wants to be a politician but he's not gonna play the game like what do you think being a politician is it's literally making deals You know, whether you like it or not, how do you, are you just going to go in there and just stare at people until they vote your way? Is that how you're going to do this? I mean, the only deals that they follow is kind of like Trump's art of the deal, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Trump steak. You ever had a Trump steak? Oh God, no. I like meat too much. Bro, they're delicious. They're delicious. I mean, I, I've, no, I can't, I can't even make a bit out of that. No, they're, they're disgusting. (laughs) It's like, come on, man. You, you know, I like to barbecue and I like meat. I, I couldn't do that. Oh God! <laughs> eh. Well, you you know who you know who also loves meat, probably is uh is Teddy Daniels. But uh, you know what he's not into? He's not into playing the game. You know, Daniels is uh is uh, asked about uh, being beholden to you know like special interests and stuff, right? And he kind of meanders back into a vague "I won't play the game" kind of answer, and he adds another strongman flourish at the end. And I think this is the point in the interview where I started to get an idea of like the capability uh, of Teddy Daniels. At the beginning of your ad, it addressed honor and integrity. You know, the, absolutely the the notion that our politicians are being bought by special interests is is the the way you opened your ad. Uh, the thing that caught my eye was. You're someone who's who's not 
purchasable. You're not someone who's going to, if you are uh, elected, you win your election, you're not going to go to Congress and sell out your constituents. Is that something you've heard a lot happening? I mean, watching, for example. All the time. And, and, and I know Lauren can definitely speak on this as well. It happens a lot. Um, you know, they say rhinos, rhinos are the greatest threat to this country, Republicans in name only. Because they go down there and they play the game. And, you know, if for the past 20 years, if the Republican Party actually had a backbone and stood up, we wouldn't be dealing with the atrocities that we're seeing today. I'm starting to get the feeling that Daniels gets all his political theory from Reddit and 8chan. And it's it's the same rhetoric from 10 years ago with the beginning of the Tea Party stuff as well, you know. Just, it, I, I like... What more do you want the Republican Party to do, dude? Yeah, and also, like, you see what he's doing. Like, I I firmly believe that, that at this point, Daniels can't, he knows he can't take the incumbent. He can't take Matthew Cartwright. And there's a reason for that. I, I quickly looked into Matthew Cartwright. He's not a progressive. He is very much closer to the center. He's broken with uh, party lines and voted, like, uh, along, like, uh, Republican sort of, like, uh, philosophy in in things that have to do with like being tough on crime and uh and abortion and things like that he's not a progressive he's not in favor of defunding the police right so there's not a lot of room for for daniels to accuse cartwright one-on-one his goal is to outflank whoever his primary uh, opponent is going to be he's going to try to outflank him from the right and raise some some money he's going to raise those those rage bucks. That's why everything he talks about, he talks about rhinos, you know? Of course. Yeah. Because everyone everyone on the right knows what a rhino is because they've talked about it nonstop for the last, you know, you know, 15 years almost. Right, right. And I, you know, he doesn't even really answer the question in a meaningful way, you know? Also, how is Daniel supposed to understand firsthand what goes on in Washington? He's never, I mean, he's never been there. You know, how is how the fuck is he supposed to know that? But I want you to keep this vague uh, language in mind for just a little bit later, Joe. I promise all all will be clear. Uh, um, So in this next clip, Daniels is still complaining about rhinos. And then I don't even know if he realizes he did this. He kind of praises Democrats. So they just let it go and let it go and let it go. And actually, they have enabled it. I get tired of seeing campaign ads saying, I'm going to go to this office or I'm going to go to that office and I'm looking to work across the aisle with Democrats. When was the last time you saw a Democrat ad that said, I can't wait to take office and work with Republicans? I I mean, so, okay. Okay. Here's, here's my read. Here's my read on what he just said. So rhinos apparently offer to work with Democrats in their campaign ads, but Democrats don't do that. And the problem is that rhinos should be more like Democrats in that they don't offer to work together, if I've got that right. Yeah, a lot of that circular logic. I, uh, yeah. So it's like I was like, are you trying to say that uh, Democrats have it right in that they should never agree to work with half the electorate? Uh, yeah. No. Like it's it's the whole idea of i think he believes you know what a politician is supposed to do is just strong arm i mean look at who he's trying to model himself after and just like he's not trying to engage 
you know, he's not engaging in good faith debate. He's trying to just steamroll. Yeah. And, and to be clear, right. We're, we're about 10 minutes into this interview. He hasn't mentioned God or Christianity one time. Right. Which is, is, is very te- like the absence of any of that rhetoric to me is very telling in the broader sphere of Christian nationalism, which is like, if, if, if somebody is like, you know, um, going to say certain things or, you know, present a certain image, then we want him on our team. Even if we're pretty sure he doesn't really give a shit about religion, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, it's more of, they leave that part vague because, you know, look at what happened when Trump was elected. You had a lot of people that were saying, oh, well, you just have to, you know, give him time. He's a baby Christian, you know, that and they were, you know, giving him the benefit of what's the doubt a, whoa, whoa, there. What's a baby Christian? You know, someone who's just brand new to the faith. Dude, he's like, he know? was like 70 something years old. How the... Yeah, but but you know they're like, oh yeah, but he was not a Christian before, but now now that he's gotten the Christian vote, now obviously he's a Christian. That's why we can vote for him. That's why it 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 it's it's basically the things that they convince themselves of <laughs> with no actual proof, uh, just because it helps them feel better, and then they get around people who agree with them. And if you don't agree with them, then they don't want to be around you. It sounds like a lot of cognitive dissonance. Oh, that's that's you just described Christianity in America. Oh, right oh that's a shame. That's a shame. But you know, know, there are other factions of this of in the American body politic that are are even stranger than a fringe Christianity. You remember uh, what I was saying about you know how the company we keep and how that informs people of really who we are, right, Joe? Yes. Um. So another correspondent jumps on the interview. Uh, she was on the whole time. Her name is Lauren Witzke. Now, before I get into her, I'm going to play this clip. Witzke asks Daniels about his thoughts uh, on abortion, and Daniels supplies another kind of non-answer. So, Teddy, listen, I'm not sure if you were aware, but, you know, in 2018, uh, we had, I'm, I'm very pro-life, it's a big issue for us and our audience as Christians, Um, You know, in 2018, the House, the Senate, we had the presidency and they still passed a budget uh, that forced taxpayers to fund Planned Parenthood. Now, you know, you could win. It's looking really good. You know, you could win. And, you know, how can we be sure that you uh, won't go to Congress and just vote the party line and that you'll actually fight for the people that elected you to serve. You know, I saw on your platform that you're very pro-life. Um, you know, is that a life at conception uh, kind of abortion stance or are we gonna make compromises with the left on this? There's no compromises whatsoever. And and, and I think that's why the establishment hates me so much. Yeah, so at the end, just real quick, I cut it off. Daniels doesn't give a definitive answer on exactly where he stands in terms of, uh, you know, where life begins or abortion or pro-life. He doesn't talk about any of that. He just kind of meanders off into claims that the GOP is recruiting a more mainstream type conservative to run against him in the primary. Okay, but we finally you see that we finally broached some like some God stuff here. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. so. Uh, Lauren Witzke. Uh, what, what kind of vibe? She's, what kind of vibes uh, are you getting off her? Uh, well, I mean, I just pulled up her Wikipedia page. And, <laughs> oh, boy. oh, you're cheating! You're cheating! What? Okay, oh, what's boy. the first? What's the first thing that jumps out at you? 
Um, well, the first thing that jumps out is the movements that she's a part oh, of, you know, yes. so of course, of course, just like we would expect, you know, QAnon, <laughs> you know, and in the far right, you know, that, that, but then of course, what else is there? No, blatant homophobia and transphobia. You damn right. You damn right. <laughs> so, but, so yeah, you heard Witsky saying that she is a pro-life, a, a pro-lifer, a Christian, you yeah. know, much like the audience. Yeah. And, and they use the euphemism of Planned Parenthood because they always bring up Planned Parenthood because Planned Parenthood only does abortions in these people's minds. Right. That, right. that Planned Parenthood is solely for abortions, not at all about actually being able to plan out parenthood. Oh, not to mention just access to health care for people, you know, most like mostly women who otherwise wouldn't have access to healthcare because that broaches the topic of shitty healthcare in America, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's, it's funny that we bring up pro-life, but we don't talk about like the healthcare aspect of taking care of people once they're alive. Yeah, And that's a con- I mean, that's an old trope with the GOP. I mean, um, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, is until you're born, you're sacred. Once you're born, go fuck yourself. You know that, and, and that's one of the reasons why I don't call those people pro-life. They're just pro-birth. Yeah, exactly. You know, because like, because if they're really pro-life, you know, they would be okay. Yeah, let's let's have the birth, but then let's take care of both the child and the mother, and you know, and whatever other family. Like, we'll come together as a community. Also, you know, we should be against war and against the death penalty. You know, you, you are you spewing some commie bullshit. Joe. I know. All right. right? <laughs> Taking care of one another, loving thy neighbor. <laughs> Judgment is mine. All right. Dude, I swear. Right. I mean, at the risk of sounding blasphemous myself, if Jesus came back today, he'd slap the shit out of Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know? Oh, I, God. I, and I would pay to see it. Um, yes. Uh, me too. <laughs> but getting back to Whitsky, uh, Whitsky ran unsuccessfully for U.S. Senate in Delaware back in 2020 against a Democratic incumbent. Uh, she got trounced. Like, he won by like 20 points. But she did outflank the other uh, um, competitor in the Republican primary. She outflanked him from the right. Um, she's, she did the thing that Daniels is trying to do right now. I actually don't even know if anybody's even put in yet for the Republican primary other than Daniels at this point. Um, Whitsky was also linked, as you said, Joe, to the meta conspiracy QAnon and also Pizzagate uh, through investigations of social, social media posts, uh, interview and interviews she gave prior to winning the Republican primary. She also claimed uh, that during her time as a heroin user, she trafficked uh, for the drug cartels. Oh, another one of the like, see. Okay, they love these people who have had some sort of drug. I mean, because back when I was into all of this bullshit, you know, I smoked weed when I was in high school, and so like I would talk about how the Lord freed me from smoking weed, <laughs> oh. and it's like, yeah, it's like there's always that because you have the same thing with Mike Lindell and his crack yeah, use, you know, yeah. and they loves to lean into that because it's like, you know, it's like. You know, you ever think about like why you did that rather than the fact that you just did that and then now you've just kind of, you know, plastered that all over the place? Yeah. And also, it's like, I mean, that to me seems like just a constant sort of theme of like all these, like, these these false preachers and prophets who are clearly just trying to make a profit. You know, it's like, Oh, I was a, I was a wheeler and a dealer. You know, I was, I was out there in the streets, you know, and, and doing all that, that shit. And, I, I just feel like that's almost like standard lore, you know? So, I mean, okay, like, it's such a trope. Like, 
like even 10 years ago when I was in, like I was into like all Christian media stuff. And there was this one Christian comedian that I like to watch. Uh, I think it was Brad. His name was Brad Stein. Cause you know, I want to give credit, <laughs> but his joke was like, you know, when people give their testimonies, like, you know, I like I grew up in the church, so I didn't really have it. So I hear people was like, Oh yeah, the Lord freed me from my heroin addiction. And then I'm sitting there like, I wish I did heroin. <laughs> <laughs> But but like these people like they they like fantasize this kind of stuff and that's why it's like this is all just larping you know Lar- larping larping as a Christian interesting exactly interesting. no it's it's all live action role play that's what it is yeah I mean I guess like that's a big thing with like like born agains and stuff right right the idea you know like forgiving the sins and things like that and. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of what Witsky's sort of deal was, you know, she's just like, yes, through, you know, through whatever, through faith, you know, she got through it. And if that were all it was, if it was just through faith, she found herself in a better place. I was like, you know what? I'm all for it. Good for you. Exactly. But when you start doing the stuff that she does that others do where you're actively harming people or you're contributing to the eventual harm of other people through your rhetoric, I mean, obviously I'm going to have a problem with that. Exactly. And yeah, so so yeah, Witsky, she's she's nuts. And the interview goes on, and you know, Daniels he he keeps giving these non-specific answers. It's very boring. Um, you know, the anchor complains about Senate Republicans signaling compromise on the infrastructure deal. Remember, by the way, this interview was from early August, right? So I got to this part, and I want to play this clip because uh, Joe, I, I I don't know what this anchor is actually talking about. Okay, so for context, Daniels was just commenting about blue collar, uh, good blue collar Kennedy Democrats. Okay, Um, Okay. who can't get on board with the larger Democratic platform of hating the American flag and demonizing the police. So the the um, the anchor kind of does a drop in and. I, I can't follow what he's trying to say. So I'm just, I'm going to play this for you. Let me know what, what your takeaway is. Okay. The thing I found uh, very confusing, Teddy, you can fill me in on this. I mean, you know the, the constituents that you're approaching. They're, they're blue-collar workers. They're real Americans. They're bikers. They're veterans, you know, police officers, are. retired. The left wants to defund all these institutions. Okay, first of all, are we trying to defund the bikers? I guess I guess so. we're defunding the bikers. <laughs> I. But they are also asking for mandates and, and for the federal government and its officials to, to, to really intervene and be the foot soldiers for them. Uh, watching this censorship has been so odd because there is almost you know, two Americas that have been created. Are you planning to try to, to, to bridge that divide? I mean, for example, do you think there's a lot of Democrats who, who would vote for you out of, out of Scranton just because you support the troops, you support the police, you support what America used to be? Okay, so that was all over the place to me. Did you keep follow? Yeah, I mean, a little bit, but it's more so just like trying to like, gen- like you can tell the host is trying to get his audience kind of on board with this guy. Like he's trying to he's trying to push his audience onto this guy and doing the hard lifting for yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is, but it's almost like he didn't say anything, but he said a lot of talking points. He's like, you know, support the exactly. troops. Um, I'm I'm surprised he didn't say just nine eleven. You know, I, I guess at this point, I guess they don't. That's not a thing they do. So yeah, okay. I wasn't sure if it was just me. I I couldn't follow where he was going with this. Um, yeah, but whatever. 
Um, and again, so now we're about 12 minutes into this interview. And again, barely a mention of Christianity, right? Um, on a right wing Christian outlet, which I found pretty odd. And, you know, we kind of touched on that already. It's just like it, it's just like, if they think that they can get something out of each other, they're, they're, I mean, they're going to do it. So, I mean, Daniel's all right, finally gets around to talking about an actual goddamn policy position, right? Um, cause he's been very vague up to this point and it has to do with healthcare. So Daniels, who is a veteran who was wounded in combat, right? Did get a purple heart. All true. Um, he talks about the, uh, the, uh, the VA and the substandard care for veterans, right? But instead of taking the, you know, being like, oh, I'm going to be a champion for improved access for vets. He goes the ne- neoliberal route and decides to, uh, invoke Trump. We, we, we obviously need to finalize the repeal and replacement of Obamacare. Um, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm a hundred percent service disabled veteran. So I receive my medical care at the VA. Now they do the best they can, but that is the best medical care that I can receive. Now, if they are having a hard time trying to keep up with the veteran community, I tell people all the time, I I've had specialists at the Philadelphia VA. You know, you want socialized medicine, go tour the Philadelphia VA, because that's the type of service you're going to get. So we need to obviously take down these state borders that these different insurance companies uh, operate in. And we need capitalism. Let them compete with each other for the best service for the lowest price. You know, Bernie Sanders runs around all the time and says healthcare is a right. It's not, show me in the Constitution where healthcare is a right. Um, that's a problem. But we do need to make it affordable for folks to have acceptable healthcare privately. So I like his logic that, like, oh, if it's not in the Constitution, it's not a right. Well, and also completely ignoring the fact that the Constitution gives us the guarantee of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Right. right? Also, I mean, if you want to, if you want to get fucking nitpicky about this, the word privacy does not exist in the Constitution. The right to privacy is formed in what's called a penumbra, based on um, existing statutes and articles and court um, court uh, excuse me case law. Okay, so it's not outside the realm to interpret, you know, the thing. So for I mean. You know, he's big on the Second Amendment, right? The The Supreme Court only really settled, uh, uh, really offered an opinion on the Second Amendment as it pertains to individual gun ownership in like 2009. Okay, so so it's like, I, I'm sorry, do you, are you literally forming a militia, Mr. Daniels? And the funny part is he very well might be, so. Like, wouldn't surprise me. I know, and it's just like that that whole thing. You know, and also going back real quick, the whole repeal and replace Obamacare platform, that thing's been fucking dead. It it has survived every court challenge, you know? Yeah. Well, and then I like how his his example of why we shouldn't, you know, have socialized health care is he brings up the VA, which we all know is chronically underfunded. Right. Because we because we love sending people off to war to go bomb other people, but goddamn them once they come back and have to, you know, deal with their issues. Yeah, I mean and it's it has a lot to do with that, you know, that that private you know, um, industry, that free market, you know, mentality of like, you know, oh, we can't have social, we can't have public anything. You know, it's kind of like how like in the new deal era, um, 
people were pushing back on public housing because back then public housing was like, okay, we've got all these veterans coming home and then we've got all these projects need doing. And they were like, we need public housing. And, you know, racism was pervasive even in that system, you know, like they, yeah, they segregated that even, but just generally speaking, even for white people, which ostensive, you know, which secretly was, you know, was okay by their standards or should have been. They were even against that. So I just feel like, you know, the VA and healthcare, that's just another example of that. Like, they can't do too good of a job. And I don't think I'm being a conspiracy theorist. Like, you can't do too well because then people will see what what was sort of demonstrated during the pandemic and improved unemployment benefits, which is like, hey, we could do this. We we can totally do this. It's just we choose not to, you know? Yeah, and, and people like to get all caught up on or like hung up on the numbers and things like that. But what a lot of people don't realize is like these numbers, like once you get into the billions, like it's literally t- impossible for us to comprehend how much money like like how much money the Pentagon wastes every year. That's just unaccounted for that. They're supposed to be audited for Yeah, straight up. I mean, it's like, it's like the, the discretionary fund for the DOD, like per annum, I think it's like $780 billion a year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, and that could more than help, you know, fund the, you know, a health system for the country. Yeah, no, 100%. And the thing is, let's let, not to go too deep, but let's not kid ourselves. Right. We all remember, let's take a step back and remember money is made up. We made that shit up. What we're talking about is access to resources. And I don't want to get too deep into like Marxian theory and socialism and stuff like that, but that's really all we're getting at. Who has permission to have that that MRI or that surgery or or that medicine? That's all we're getting at here, you know? So, and also speaking of that, you know, that part where Daniels is talking about, you know, like, you know, we need to open the borders, quote unquote, um, and allow... Uh, companies to compete with each other to give consumers the lowest price, right? That that's an old tra- talking Trump uh, talking point of Trump, and he abandoned that almost immediately because that was never going to be a reality. Because it's up to individual states to place regulations on insurance companies, right? So we're talking about a patchwork of fifty legislatures. There was no way that you know Blue Cross was going to figure out a way to offer like plans across all fifty states at the same time. It just, it wasn't going to happen, you know, because of the way the law works. Yeah, exactly. And as for the free market, I think it's clear to anyone working paycheck to paycheck, which is like almost all of us, that neoliberal economics and the free market did not pan out the way it was supposed to, you know, assuming the general standard of living was supposed to improve, which was the desired result. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but, uh, you know, at least Daniels, he's talking policy now. So at least we have that, you know. At least there's something. Yeah, he said it. He said a thing. It only took him 12 minutes, you know. And uh, man, he's on a roll now, Joe. Uh, he is next up. We've got uh, fighting tech censorship. We've got carrying more guns and no more immigration, legal or otherwise. Well, the first thing I want to do, Lauren, is I want to break up big tech. Okay. Because of the censorship. Okay. Second thing, I want um, a federal or what is this? The uh, the national concealed carry. Um, the Second Amendment is the Second Amendment. As you guys could tell by my video, I, I like guns. So we should be able to carry them wherever we want in this country. If you have a driver's license in one state, you can drive across anywhere in the country. It should be the same way with concealed carry. Um, 
big tech can still carry immigration. We got to shut the we we got to continue building the wall. We got to shut the border down. There is just so many things that that Lauren obviously every single one is a priority. Gotta do all the things. Yeah, do all the things, but let's not give any specifics on how do we do that. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, these guys like this, they're really into states' rights until it comes to certain things, you know? Like... Well, and these contrarians, they just love to be able to point out, you know, to go to a biblical example, they love to point out the speck of in everybody else's eye while ignoring the log in their own. They love to point out what's wrong with everything, and they have, they have like, oh yeah, well, we need to break up big tech... Okay, how do you do that? How do you do that in a fair way that's not going to be a big government takeover like that you keep, you know, always tramping about? And it's like, you know, because one of the reasons why Facebook is so huge is because the government can't figure out a way to break them up because they're not quite monopolistic enough. Yeah, and and which is to say, you know, there's enough. I mean, you could say one way or another, uh, the laws have not been updated to reflect the change in technology. You know what I mean? It's it's like we're not talking about fucking railroads anymore, you know? And I think part of that is due to the politicians. We haven't updated our politicians to reflect our technology. <laughs> oh god. That- I mean, when you have when you have fucking 88-year-olds that are going to be running again for re-election, it's like what the hell? Yeah, no, and that's another thing. It's just that, like the average age of Congress is going up. You know, it's like, it's like, why, why do we allow people to hold on to power like this? But of course, now we're talking about something else entirely, but yeah, it's like, yeah, seriously, like that's a whole nother topic, (laughs) but it, but it's true, you know, and, and, you know, I just, I think it's speaking of Daniel specifically, I think it's just so fun how transparent he really is when you really dig down. Right. So like, for example, his thing about big tech, right. Oh, it's like, I'm going to break up big tech. Now the vagaries aside, I think that's actually kind of fun. If I contrast that with an interview he gave back in May of 2020 to a local Pennsylvania newspaper called the river reporter. Okay. Where he said he'd actually like to see more of a tech uh, presence in his county. He'd like to see Amazon um, in Wayne County uh, open a warehouse and a corporate office. And, uh, oh, oh, and he also wants to frack the county too for, because, um, because it would bring more jobs or something. So, so yeah, um, two day delivery and fracking. Because it's got nothing to do with, you know, the amount of money that ends up in those politicians' pockets from those companies. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, the energy sector is fucking huge. And your Teddy Daniels is going to try to sell us that he is above corporate interests. I mean, y- give me a fucking break, you know? I, <sighs> okay. I mean, but that's the, that's, the normal, that's the normal way of going about things. You complain that it's like, oh, yeah, everyone else is taking money from, you know, corporate interest but i won't until i get in and then i will take yeah exactly it. just like how these QAnon people um like lauren uh Witsky, uh she's just like oh you know QAnon, awesome until she wins the primary then magically you know she doesn't believe in that shit no more you know exactly yeah. so and they, and they like to talk about honesty and integrity yeah it, oh god yeah yeah and so we come to the end of the interview right and he is finally asked about his Christianity point blank, right? Witsky asked him about this and Daniels. I mean, honestly, that answer, he it's 
pretty boring, actually. All he did was he recycles his firefight in Afghanistan story, but he adds that he was at peace and he was talking to God when he was got shot and he knows it's, it's time to come home. And, you know, and I'm honestly not inclined to believe him. Frankly, I've watched that video. I don't see much like at peace type of attitude. You know, he's in a gunfight, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, but right before that, uh, he was asked a different question. He was asked if he's ever been censored by big tech and he rambles a bit before he lets slip kind of his inner bully mentality. And I believe that this clip showed towards the end, but the whole thing, this shows pretty accurately. I think how Teddy Daniels would wield power in, in, uh, in Congress. Absolutely. Because what it's doing right now is it's giving an unfair advantage to the Democrats coming up on the 22 election cycle. If all conservative candidates are being uh, censured. So e even my my Facebook, over a post I put up two and a half, three years ago, they came back and they, they banned me from going live for, I believe it was three months. Well, live videos is how I get people in. I get my message out. He means how he gets his money. And, and, and that's my, my, my interaction uh, with people. So not not people like that, but, you know, online, uh, getting my message out to, to people across the country and across the world. So when you take that tool away from me and those tools are still afforded to my socialist opponents, you know, there's a problem there. So imagine this if you can for a minute. Now, you've watched the ad. You've talked to me for a little bit. The only committee I want on is oversight committee because I want to call Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey in and have them sitting on that table across from me and take a wild guess how that's going to go down. I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to say that he's going to try to intimidate him. He's going to talk over them. He's going to assert his male dominance and you are going to cuck him, Teddy. Say, Joe, where in the New Testament was uh, Jesus cucking out the beta males in the temples? Where was that? Oh, I think that was the point where, you know, he made the whip and was, you know, whipping ah, them. Ah, okay. Just, yeah. yeah. Had nothing to do with them, you know, changing money and stealing money from people. It was definitely, you know, just to, to show them, to own the Thou limbs. art a soy boy. Get thee gone. Yeah, and it's just like that That last part at the end. I'm just like that. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I think that's the one honest thing he said. I think you want to call these guys in front of you. And you get to like just shit all over them on C-SPAN, you know? Yeah. Well, and I love how these free market capitalists always love to rail against big tech for when they get banned for breaking the terms of service that they agreed to when they signed up for the platform. Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's just like you, you know, and this is, this is well known at this point, I think our audience and you and I, it's just like, that's, that's an obvious double standard. It's like, I, I want access to a private company's thing, but I want to treat it like it, it, like it's a public domain thing, but I'm big on not interfering with private business. You know, exactly. it's like a very yeah, it, thin line, you know, well, it, it, it's it's like the, you know, it's the libertarian when it's convenient for me and authoritarian when it's convenient for me. Yeah, straight up. And, and, and you know, it's like it's funny because like we live in a democratic capitalist system. 
you know. And the thing about conservatives is that when push comes to shove, if they must choose between democracy and capitalism, they will generally choose capitalism. But in this case, the 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 version of government that they want is more like what you're describing. I would call it more authoritarian capitalism, if there if there's such a thing, you know. I mean, I guess you'd call that feudalism. <laughs> oh God, well, you know, maybe, maybe. maybe. I, mean, cri- I mean, feudalism two point Capital- That's basically capitalism. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, right-wing hate groups, you know, that are ostensibly Christian, they they hook their wagon to bullies. It's what they do, you know. Um, toxic masculine personalities, you know, that imply physical harm, you know, in store for the enemy. I mean, that that's, that's a thing with them. That's part of the cult of personality. So with that in mind, I pulled audio from Teddy Daniels' uh, little talk from Freedom Fest yesterday, right? And it gives me a real feel of the guy. Uh, and the feel I get once again is he's doing a, a wrestling promo. Like, I think he's going to snap into a slim gym and then lower the hell in the cell, you know? <laughs> so, uh, first up Daniels kind of sets the tone again, right? Uh, with an old standby of white Christian nationalism, uh, we're going to go with hyper masculinity. All right, guys. So listen, where's Steve, Steve, I love you, brother. Thank you. And you know what? We are ready to get it on this morning. Okay? All right? Now, you want to know why the left attacked masculinity first? Think about it. Because they knew a nation of strong men would never stand for what's happening in our country today. Okay, I just want to reiterate that this is supposed to be like a Christian family festival. Okay, just to be clear. So, you know, there has been a long lasting theme in white Christianity and white nationalism. The idea that strong men have to stand up against a threat. You know what I mean? And the tap. Yeah, there's the there's the idea that the man is the head of the household. So the man is always put first over everything, you know? And so that's why there's the idea of, oh, everything's attacking men. Yeah, and also the idea that, like, you know, man is second to God, but woman is second to man or, or some shit like that. I don't even know if that's even really in the Bible. But. Well, well, so a lot of that belief comes from the fact that, uh, you know, Eve was the one who took the apple first and then gave it to Adam and made Adam sin, and so there's, you know, a lot, a lot of hidden misogyny just, you know, because of that. Sure, sure. I, mean, I like to picture Adam was just kind of sitting around bitching about how hungry he was. And like Eve finally just to shut his ass up, just snapped, snatched an apple from the tree. It's just like, eat this, you know, I, 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 I feel like that's more true to life. And <laughs> Um, you know, you know, this tacit idea, right. That kind of stems from that. It's also like the, uh, it evolved, um, into the idea that women cannot protect themselves. You know, I mean, think of birth of a nation, um, you know, and then further down the road, you know, it's like, you've got those racist schools of thought and the idea that white women are primarily necessary to give birth to more white warriors, you know, who are all men. Um, Leonard Zeskin actually covers this very, very well in Blood and Politics. I can't recommend that book enough to people. Just read it and then read it again. It's it's excellent. So Daniels keeps going, all right? And he kind of gives away 
that he needs all the publicity he can get, while at the same time he squeezes in a little bit more transphobia, again, at this Christian family event. But you got them out there. You got your pencil-neck geeks and pointy-headed academics running around at the national media circuit. They've uh, infiltrated our educational system and our government. And you know, just the other day, and I, and I love when this happens, who's ever heard of Vice News? Vice. You know, they're the propaganda arm for BLM and Antifa, and they write stories about how great transgenders are and everything else. Well, they took a break from writing garbage the other day and decided to write a piece about me. So, I took it, reposted it, and I love it. I've been hit by CNN, MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, the woman who tries to look like a boy on, on CNN. Yeah, that Maddow comment, what did that have to do with the Vice article? Uh, I mean, I guess they're just trying to link popular names, kind of like how, you know, people always try, or, you know, the right always tries to say that Pelosi is a progressive. Right. Because they know, because everyone knows the name Pelosi. Yeah, or, or Gavin so, Newsom is an insane socialist. Like, he's exactly. a neoliberalist. Okay, don't, don't even give me that bullshit. You know, but, you know, I mean, you heard the, like, the chuckles in the crowd when he made that Maddow comment, right? I mean, it's almost like he's reading the crowd and decided this crowd would respond favorably to transphobic commentary, you know? Um, now, regarding the idea that he loves the article by Vice, all right? Now, I will bet he loves it because it gives him way more exposure, right? Which undoubtedly translates into more contributions, right? And keep in mind that, you know, as of the recording of this episode, he's not responded to requests from Vice for uh, uh, for comment, you know? It's like, if you really cared, if you were really that into it, then why don't you defend some of your positions or even answer a fucking question, you know? Well, that's the thing. They just love to be attacked so that they can just, you know, run around to all of the, you know, their people say like, look, I'm being attacked. You should support me because I'm being attacked. And it's it's all a cult of personality, you know? Yeah, and then they throw in, like, that That kind of rolls into, like, the idea of, like, martyrdom, you know? It's like the, the uh, you're a Twitter martyr. Oh, God, they've sacrificed me on the altar of, of wokeness or some shit, you know, because I don't get to I don't get to retweet uh, um, something about uh, uh, um, fucking covid nonsense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that's what that's what you're getting like with, you know, like these other platforms like Rumble and Getters, you know, coming up. These guys are getting kicked off Twitter and then they're able to go go onto there or to those places and then, you know, spew out to their people like, oh, yeah, I've been kicked off of these places. So give me money so I can fight back. But they don't ever say how they're fighting back. They just say that they oh, are. Oh, yeah. And, and now we're entering like we're, we're entering like Alex Jones territory. You know, we're getting to the info war at this point. And, uh, and, you know, Daniels, he's on a roll at this point, okay, at this supposedly spiritual gathering in the name of freedom and family. So, you know, he's, he's just going to keep on going. And you guys heard Rick Saccone up here. You heard Stephen Williford. You heard Sheriff Mack. Remember this, folks. Just because they got an R behind their name doesn't make them your friend either. Okay? We are where we are today in this country because for the past 20 plus years, Republicans refuse to have a spine. They have caved 
to the left. You look at McConnell right now in the Senate. He's still caving to the left. We need to start standing up and fighting. You know, the Republican Party has become the party of appeasement. Say, Joe, at your church, uh, when do you guys start socking people in the face? Is it before or after the sacrament? Because this guy sounds like he wants to give someone five across the eyes because they cut in front of him at the Waffle House. Yeah, exactly. It seems like he he's... Yeah, he, he doesn't understand the, you know, turn the other cheek metaphor, <laughs> you know? He, seem, he seems to think that that, that means backhand. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like it's like the, the, the violence, the threat of violence that is inherent in this guy's rhetoric. I just, like, I do not understand how people convince themselves that that squares with any of the gospel of Jesus. I mean, I'm hardly a theologian, but I know that much, at least, you know, I, it was it basically it was about forgiveness and love and and peace and understanding for the most part unless i miss something here you know no 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 i mean you know what in the sermon on the mount he says that the meek will inherit the earth and you know that's definitely well, what we just heard in that clip definitely wasn't meek are you saying that teddy sure. daniels will not inherit the earth I mean, he might want to but he, i don't <laughs> think he's going to inherit the earth ironically he will get up on that mountain and and like threaten everyone into believing he's the meekest one. So, <laughs> right. I mean, it's kind of like the joke of the, of the guy who likes to point out how humble he is. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, by the way, at the end there, Republican party is the party of appeasement apparently. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and I, I like how that Mitch McConnell isn't, isn't like right enough, you know? Yes. The man who, the man who's, you know, responsible for destroying democracy the most right now yeah the guy who was always going on and on about you know appoint more federal judges appoint more federal judges and you see what what position that put us in but i mean you know to daniels anytime a republican goes along with any norm of government in concert with democrats that's appeasement i mean if you want to if you want to claim that the that the republican party is the party of appeasement let's revisit the last few supreme court nominations you know if we want to talk about appeasement. Yeah, I mean, especially with Gorsuch, you know. Yeah. That with, with how he got there. That was bare knuckle politics. They made up a reason why they didn't want to why they went against a long-standing norm and then when the same thing happened when their guy was in office, they tweaked it slightly enough where they could say like, "Oh no, this is kind of different," you know. So yeah, no, none of us are surprised by it. And and again, by the way, like through this guy's whole thing, virtually no mention of God or Christianity. I just just want to point that out again. All right, it, it, the, the silence is deafening in terms of the mention of of Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So Daniels is uh, he's still kind of yelling. Um, and, uh, now he slightly pivots to an us, them narrative and more implied threats. This is our country and you have a small minority in this country that is calling the shots right now. They don't represent us. They don't represent you and they don't represent me. You know, I've been active in fighting school boards, local swampy politics, DC establishment, spineless swampers. I don't know what a swamper is. You know, guys, I'm retired. I was wounded in Afghanistan and I was one of those guys who came home and just wanted to be left alone. But they kept pushing. 
And they said there's no resolve out there like the resolve of a man who just wanted to be left alone. And now when that person has to get involved, things are going to get ugly. So listening to that again right now, I realize he's Rambo. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 definitely he he's rewording the script of Rambo. <laughs> it's like it's like you just kept push. Yeah, no, he's totally John Rambo. And I don't believe for one second this I don't want to be in the spotlight attitude. I don't believe it. No. Yeah, no, absolutely. No. It's more of that 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 fake humility because that that shit sells like crazy in the church, you know. It's like because because you know you notice how he, he drip drip he makes it all about himself, but he drips it on. This isn't about me. This isn't about me. This is all about you. This is all about the people. And it's just like mm, I think it's about you because you, <laughs> how you brought up your your war record and you know how you went to war in the first place. Yeah, like every every speech is the same thing, and you know that's that's not something that's specific to him. I mean, when we did the Larry Elder uh, things, I, we made it pretty clear he's got about like twelve talking points, and he says all of them at every speech. But yeah, this exactly. guy, I mean, he wants to say, "Oh, I just want to be left alone." It's like, dude, you started an armed security firm specifically for marijuana dis- uh, dispensaries, and you produced very slick-looking promos uh, that you starred in and narrated. Like the idea that you wanted to avoid the public eye, I mean, is is asinine on the face of it. So, I want to wrap this up real quick with this last clip because. This is the thing that makes me really uncomfortable. We've been having, I've been having a good time anyway. I think you have to kind of laughing at this guy. He's, he's, he's kind of a clown, right? But, you know, Daniels talks a lot about how the other side hates us, us versus them. And then he paraphrases Thomas Paine without really understanding what was being said. And when you consider the context of what he's actually saying, I really hope that he didn't actually read The Crisis by Thomas Paine. Because if he did, then this is almost a declaration of war. There we go. They hate us. They hate you. They hate me. They don't want to listen to us. They don't care about our opinion. They just want us to go away. And it's time we unified, stood together, and took the fight to them. Sheriff Mack said it best. We don't work for the federal government. They have no right. Like right now, they're, they're going to use the DOJ to, you know, uh, 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 go after parents who are protesting at school board meetings. So I'm going to tell you this. Who in here has got kids or grandkids? It's a lot of hands. Think about this. I'm an old man now. Not as old as some of you guys, I see. Still got a little bit, still got a little bit of spunk left in me. But I'm an old man now. And one of our founding fathers, Thomas Paine, had a quote who said, if trouble must come, let it come in my time so my children may live in peace. We're not in this fight for ourselves. We are in this fight for generations to come. Okay. Now I say that this is crossing the line to inspiring stochastic terrorism right there essentially calling for another january 6th you know that's that's what they're wanting is more violence yeah i i you know it was like it was implied until then okay but 
what he just said there, all that, all that shit he just said, that to me is a call to arms. Okay. And more so if Daniels understands what he just said. So that, have you ever heard that quote, that Thomas Paine quote before? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Patriot quote unquote, Patriots love carting that one out. Okay. So, Daniels is referring to a passage in Thomas Paine's The Crisis, okay? And he wrote that in December of 1776. Now, anyone who's familiar with the Revolutionary War knows that the Continental Army was not doing very well at this point. They were getting their asses whipped all over Delaware, okay? So, you know, to say the least, uh, you know, Paine in his writing, at least my takeaway is pretty obvious, you know, he's trying to rally morale effectively and argue that the cause is not yet lost you know the cause of their liberty shall you know will continue and it it can be achieved and what daniels is referring to is a passage in which Payne sees a tory right a a british loyalist living in the colonies uh he's standing with a small child and the innkeeper he speaks for a time says speaks his mind and finishes by saying well a quote well give me peace in my day so Payne wrote that he thought that attitude was unfar- unfatherly and responded thusly. Um, quote, not a man lives on the continent, but fully believes that a separation must sometime or other finally take place. And a generous parent should have said, if there must be trouble, let it be in my day that my child may have peace. And this single reflection well applied is sufficient to awaken every man to duty. Not a place upon earth might be so happy as America. Her situation is remote from all the wrangling world, and she has nothing to do but to trade with them. A man can distinguish himself between temper and principle, and I am as confident as I am that God governs the world that America will never be happy till she gets clear of foreign dominion. Wars without ceasing will break out till that period arrives, and the continent must in the end be conqueror, for through the flame of liberty may sometimes cease to shine, the coal can never expire. So, nobody ever said Thomas Paine couldn't write. You know, yeah, (laughs) you know, powerful words. I doubt that Daniels ever read the crisis. Um, And I believe he would deny accusations that he's exciting, inciting violence because legally he's not. Okay. But I just want to make this clear. Um, You know, if you read this text in its entirety, it becomes clear what Payne's arguing for is the complete removal by force of arms of the British. While noting that the colonists did all they could avoid, and, you know, is according to him, to avoid a shooting war up to that point. All right. Now, the point of the quote does work with Daniel's point. It does. But only matches if he's suggesting we're in a literal war with an enemy that must be expelled or there shall never be peace. Okay. Whatever else Daniel's is, this is a guy being endorsed by militant pseudo-Christian nutjobs who buy complexes in Texas and endorse QAnon conspiracies. And it's it's all well and good that we laugh at him because he is fun to laugh at. But, I mean, the fact is, I mean, there's a chance this guy could fucking win, you know? And that scares the shit out of me. In this day and age, you know, nothing is, you know, certain that, you know, sure, because let, let's, let's assume that Cartwright runs again, right? Sure, yeah. There, there's no guarantee that that he will win again. There's, there's no guarantee that if Bognett runs in the primary again, that he, that Daniels won't drum up enough support 
you know, or that these, you know, rod of iron guys don't just give him enough money to be able to get more ads out there and get, you know, get more in the face of people who can buy into this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's like this guy, this guy bothers me, but you kind of nailed it, Joe. The fact that it appears he's got financial and sort of spiritual, so to speak, backing of like, like fringe Christian groups that like guns and spout all kinds of like hate speech that that's really the more worrying thing. So it's like, that's, that's kind of why I wanted to start with this guy. Cause like this dude, he's a symptom. He's the tip of the iceberg. This is the guy that a larger organization is backing. And that's what I'm really worried about, you know? And he's following in the footsteps of the man he loves so much Trump because Trump didn't really get the evangelical base until he went to Liberty University, which Liberty University is like the massive evangelical university run by the Falwells out of uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. Great and, name. Great. Uh, yeah. So and we'll, we'll cover the Falwells when we when we start going through like the history uh, side of, you know, the, the Christian nationalists, because, you know, Jerry Falwell Sr., as well as, you know, Jerry Falwell Jr., who had his falling out last year. Uh, they both have played a huge, huge part in that. I, I, I will. Yeah. I mean, you cannot avoid them. Like the Fal- the Jerry Falwells, the Pat Robertsons, you know what I'm saying? And then like the more grifter types, the Jim Bakers, you know, like all these guys. And I, I will say this. I was su- legitimately surprised to see how Jerry Falwell Jr. <laughs> ended up like falling from grace. So I didn't see that one coming. Did, yeah, no, same no, here. No, but it yeah, we didn't. <laughs> I didn't see it coming, but it also didn't really surprise me because, yeah, yeah, these, these guys are are truly cucks. Like <laughs> these guys know <laughs> no, like seriously, these guys know nothing more than like projectionism. Yeah, like yeah. so, it's like whenever they call out something, I always wonder in the back of my head because of everything that's come out for all of these guys is like, what are you really doing when the cameras are right? Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and we won't, we won't, uh, spoil it for the audience just yet, but let's just be clear. It involves a three-way and a pool boy. So just want to be clear on that. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, Joe, did we learn anything today? Did, did, I mean, we, we learned that these Christian people, they, they love to endorse people who don't actually speak anything about their faith. <laughs> But then they get the label Christian. Yeah, I mean, he said literally nothing, nothing about mm-hmm. that. I mean, I, I will link all the all my source uh, URLs in the show notes. By all means, go check out that video. I promise you, he bear- if he says something about God and Christianity, I, I, I didn't hear it, you know? And if he did, it was probably one sentence, nothing meaningful. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, anyways, okay. Well, I guess we're with that. We're gonna take us on out of here until next week when we we're gonna dig a little deeper into uh, into the Rod of Iron Ministries. Hopefully, unless something more interesting uh, comes up, we'll, we'll we'll play that one by ear. You know. But yeah. But for now, um, Joe, is uh, is there anything you're working on creatively? Any any socials you want the people to follow or or work you want them to check out? Um, not, not really. I, I don't really do too much. I mean, you can check me out on Instagram, flying blue Jay. I post just general life crap. So I don't really do anything creative other than that. Sorry. Right. That's okay. Well, ah, with that, we're going to get out of here. Uh, and Joe, thanks for joining us for part one of three. And I, pr- I praise your strength. Um, this is, this is going to get more frustrating as we go. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. All right. With that, we're going to head out there. Everybody, uh, keep your heads up. Try to do something nice for others. Maybe donate to a local charity. And uh, if you've got some time to phone bank next uh, year, please call people and tell them, for Christ's sake, do not vote for Teddy Daniels. All right. Y'all have a good one. See you next week.